0: It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things eye along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Good morning, once again, everybody, and welcome to the program, a i fellow a Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock this morning. As Mr. Gene Honda said, the phone line is open, 217 356 9397. Mr. Tate, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. morning. You hanging in there?
2: Absolutely. Had a lot of fun last night. Went to softball and baseball. Saw two wins. How about that? There you go. Pretty we'll t- good rallies.
1: We'll talk more about that as we move along on uh, this edition of the show. Ken Brown is with us this morning. KB, how are you? Good
3: morning, both of you.
1: A lot of going on these days.
3: Yeah, you know, we were talking, um, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, I think we had 18 of our 19 sports were... In action, right? So I'm counting tra- indoor and outdoor track as one mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of two. But um, and football was even busy at one point in time, right? Because of the uh, spring ball. So we actually had something going on with every sport that we have this spring. We're down, I think, to maybe like seven or eight. <laughs> Some of the seasons have ended. But men's gymnastics is in the national championship uh, uh, today, and and uh, final six, huh? Final six, and and so. Baseball, softball, you know, football is going to finish up here in spring uh, soon. The tennises are playing. The golfs are playing. So we're starting to see some, some of those sports seasons ends and, end a little bit, and, and uh, we can start planning for next year already. Hey, you, had- you know, one
2: of the things that sne- uh, kind of sneaked up on me was the fact that they had the divisions in tennis this year. That's the first time they've done that, like football. Yeah, Western Division. Yeah, I don't know
3: how highly publicized that was. I don't. I don't. I don't quite understand. Other than scheduling. So what it did, I think they did a home and home with the your division team, and you play the other Mm -hmm. uh, division just once. And so it helped the scheduling because they were scheduling only Big Ten conference opponents, and so it helped Mm -hmm. scheduling uh, come up with a a way to do that. Um, But yeah, those you know, men's tennis is is and women's tennis is trying to climb over five hundred. And, uh, men's tennis is in pretty good shape. They won, you know, they've, uh, I don't 12 think, straight. Yeah. They, they're in good, good position. So, um, hoping that we can, uh, host, we're in a, kind of in a, on a borderline right now of hosting, uh, the first and second rounds of the NCAA tennis tournament. So hopefully we get in there.
1: And you had some groundbreaking activities yesterday for yeah. softball and baseball.
3: Yeah. Very. It's, you know, those are fun events, uh, because there's a lot that goes in behind that, um, the uh, Atkins Baseball uh, Development Center, uh, Susie and, Clint, and the late Clint Atkins uh, uh, are the donors behind that, the Atkins family. And uh, and so we we broke ground. Ground had already been broken. They already smoothed out some areas and things like that. But, you know, the official, right. you know, the photo op and, and get the family together and see that it's really happening.
2: How big is it in terms of the ability to bat and field? I mean,
3: so it's, it's, it's I think it's around. Th- 26,000 square feet so you can have a full Mm infield and there's cages and pitching cages uh, hitting and pitching cages in there too so um, softball so then you know after we finished baseball everybody got in golf carts and drove down uh, next to kirby avenue down to uh, the softball field and uh, uh, the martin softball complex continues to grow you know we have eichelberger field uh, Shorty, you know, was instrumental in getting the the field built, and then the Barton family has built uh, some of the the stuff around the the field, and and so this indoor will match the men's practice facility just in a smaller scale because softball is in a smaller scale, so it'll also have a full infield, um, hitting and batting cages and things like that, or batting and pitching cages, things stuff like that. So it was fun. It was it was uh, very. It was a beautiful day. Both families were there and uh you know they'll come back and we'll do something with them again in uh uh early 22 when those uh, are completed so um wish we could get them in you know some of the, it got delayed a little bit because of the pandemic and so when i and part of that's because of materials so a lot of hap, what uh, around the world people who were producing materials for construction projects had to go on hold mm. and uh and so it pushed every a lot of these construction projects back and so we got delayed a little bit so i think I don't know that we're going to get a chance to use those this winter for the most part, unfortunately, but uh, we'll be opening those up next spring. And oven? And then oven's the next one. You know, we talked about that after uh, somebody asked, so when are we going to see you again? And and Josh said, well, what's next? And then what's next is the oven uh, project. And we'll start seeing probably another six weeks, a month to six weeks. We'll probably see ground break on that project as well. And so, what's
2: What's the price on that?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's north of thirty. 30 yeah. yeah, and so um you know they're still talking to donors. I mean that thing's gonna be almost fully funded by uh donors, which is important these days and and um and so it's gonna double the size of, of Oven, and you know when we built Oven in nineteen ninety eight it was state of the art. There wasn't anything hardly anything like it in the country, a standalone practice facility. And Nineteen ninety-eight. six eight. interesting right? how
1: quickly that happens?
3: Yeah, well, here we are 23 uh, years later, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that have been built, and and so it's now time to readdress that and uh, add space, add gym space for work out another half-court. That was one thing I can tell you. Even in 2000 when Bill Self came here, that building was only a couple years old, and he's like, man, this is a really functional building. I wish we had another half-court over here to send guys who are injured or whatever so they can go – do their workouts and not take up court while we're practicing and stuff. And so, each each side's gonna get a half a court. They're gonna get uh, additional student athlete amenities of uh, study space, eating space, locker room space, things like that. So it'll be it'll be really nice when it's done. But that's gonna be a like I said, probably another month to six weeks before we uh, break ground there, and then it'll be another about eighteen months before. And that's he done. And still
2: got things going on on the golf course there area.
3: Yeah, the uh Demersion Outdoor Golf Facility or it, there's a new some hitting bay in some areas down there in that at the south end of that building that's being added on right now. So that's being uh in their work in progress as don't we speak. you
2: think there are people sitting at home wondering how can they be doing this in the middle of a pandemic? I mean where's the money coming from? Well, you from know, all
3: this stuff a lot of this, you know, you you start playing on this years ago. Yeah. Right, and fundraising right. for this years ago. Yeah. And um you know, there's a long-term payoff on those things, and but the projects start well before the pandemic uh, came into play, and a lot of those the, the funding's in place, and, uh, the, and and the the donations have been either made or, you know, in place to schedule to 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 pay for those projects.
1: And there's the golf course project yeah. in urbana <laughs> formerly known as stone creek uh, the atkins golf club at the university of illinois any update on that
3: yeah you know and that's that's a project that kind of came right in the beginning of a of the pandemic right that yeah, that kind of fell in our got slowed it did slow but it fell right and kind of in you know to us uh in, last summer uh while the pandemic was just starting to really uh take off and um and so i the last i've I've been told i I think that we're hoping still hoping to be able to open this fall uh, again some of the delays that were put in place were pandemic related uh, but we're hoping to be able to put uh, uh get the golf course open for golfers this fall uh there's still a lot of work that they're doing they're lengthening courses they're putting you know narrowing fairways thank making it really hard for guys like me uh, who i need i'm a I'm a wide uh, stretch guy. <laughs> that was one of the great things about uh, going, playing <laughs> yeah. out there.
2: You could just swing away because you had room on the right and a room on the left.
3: Yeah, and they're you know they're doing a lot of work in the clubhouse for the men's and women's golf teams because that'll basically be their home course. So they'll have some uh, uh, areas that's just for them. Uh, you know the restaurant plans are are underway and they're working towards that. Um, so hopefully, you know, that knock on wood, that this fall it'll open. But if not, you know, I think they'll they'll do get as open as soon as they
4: can
1: talking to Ken Brown. If you have any questions, comments on uh, U of I athletics type of matters, give us a call. 217-356-9397. We mentioned the softball and baseball uh, dedication yesterday on uh, the expansion there. And the came on a weekend where there was action in on the field.
3: Yeah. And, and, that, uh, and that was part of the plan of that, sure. right? That both coaches, both teams mm-hmm. needed to be here, so it kind of limited some what what we were able to when we were able to do, but yes, you're right. Both teams were here last night.
1: And a couple of wins there for uh, the Illinois teams and uh and you had a few people in those games, but they're not officially open to the public, correct?
3: Yeah, you know, so you know, the lot of the guidelines that we're working on here, and we we get a lot of questions about why can't we let fans in to Let's say particularly baseball because you know on some of these weekends, you know we'll have a couple thousand people there, right? And and they're spread out down the sidelines in that in the grassy area. And and the guidelines that we work with uh, mandate that every person that comes in has to have a reserve seat. And so we we assign. Is seat. that a state rule? That's I think CDC state. Our I'm, I'm not sure exactly where, but it's 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 part of the state county CDC guidelines. They all have to have assigned seats. Um, they um and then for spacing the six foot spacing we we assign seats two and in, in pairs and in fours and um by the time you do that in our seating bowl of at illinois field you know the number is pretty marginal you know what we can actually give out so then you, you can't let
2: anybody stand
3: you can't let anybody stand just no. uh, down the sideline. so um you know we talked about bringing in tip and rolls you know the Temporary bleachers, but really by the time you you look at those and and you you assign seats there you're talking you can only add half a dozen people. It's not really worth bringing those in so by the time you you do four player tickets per per each player, four tickets for each player, four tickets for each staff member, it only leaves a another few dozen a couple dozen for the visiting team for their parents, and then there just isn't any available for general public, so it's unfortunate man i you know, we all want fans there. The team wants people there. You know, there are fans. We have a really good fan base with baseball. They show up and softball. And softball's in the same way. I mean, they're just very limited on what we can, what
2: now we can give Now is the out. time people would start coming out, yeah. too. I mean, you could just feel it. You know, I, I was at the game last night because I got my media pass. And, and uh, you know, you could just – that was the kind of game where – the, there was plenty of cheering just from the from the parents, but you can imagine what it would be if if everybody could come because there'd be like you say there'd be a couple thousand.
3: Yeah, and and you know I know that the coaches, you know this is a time of the year too when from a recruiting standpoint they get players to come in, watch the games, and see the atmosphere and all those type things. That's missing this year, and so you
2: can't bring them in. You can't bring in. A, a, no,
3: well it's been a dead what, what period. It's a, that, it's a it's been a dead period June, for all what, sports. What
2: happens after June the first.
3: Well, everything kind of. I think everybody goes back to their regular recruiting schedule, so it, it would change. I don't, but I don't know that we'll mm-hmm. have any of those sports playing at that point. So, um, you know, we've been fortunate; we've been able to allow media as a working function, uh, the working people at the game, the, the put on the game, and and so our, our and so we've been able to get a few folks to come in and cover the games to help, you know, let our, our fans see what's going on and, and follow the teams that way, but. Uh, wish we could get everybody else in there. That do you
1: do you act like you're working when you're there? <laughs> well, I'm not really you're working. Yes, working, you I'm, are. But
2: I'd probably be writing some baseball. No, I'm just kidding. You. And I, Well, I, you talk I, about I it enough, you know, and and That's things right. like
3: that. I mean, I justify. And Lauren, you know, anybody who's a Hall of Famer, right? Gets exactly. Don't oh, yeah. no, say yeah. that.
2: But yeah. <laughs> it, I wanted to see Sickles pitch, and she's pretty smooth. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And and uh, Kershaw came in and did a terrific job last night. I think I'm not sure that he only face 18 batters or something like that in 6 innings. I I I know he gave up one hit but uh otherwise didn't walk anybody. That's it's, that's it's what, great. That's what we
3: need, you know. I mean we've had the lead I uh, I sat with Dan during lunch yesterday after the uh groundbreaking stuff and uh we were just talking about you know it's we've had the lead in a lot of these games mm-hmm. that that we've lost and just haven't been able to uh knock it nail it down and then he started thinking about his experience that he has and he doesn't have anybody with more than 1 year of varsity baseball experience on his team. nobody, not even pitchers are- ca- i mean there's just you know there's been such a turnover and so um it's 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 a weird year <laughs> because last year they played just a handful of games and then shut it down and so a lot of these guys that just haven't played big Ten baseball when normally you would get some non conference games and mid week games yeah. to s- to really work on stuff and it's not not happen
1: Illinois beat um Michigan State thirteen to four after uh, trailing four to one in that ball game. The Illini now nine and twelve on the season. They'll play the Spartans again today. Then they'll play Purdue Sunday and Monday. I
2: so- think I heard uh, Beatty say that out of their twelve losses, they've been in the lead either nine of them. Yeah. I think they've been in the lead, and the relief pitching just hasn't been. The bullpen hasn't been there, but last night it was. Yeah. No. It's
5: important.
1: Softball team beat uh, Purdue nine to three to improve to sixteen and nine. They'll play a doubleheader. They hope today there is some rain in the forecast, but they ought to be able to get around that. The uh, Illinois football spring game is Monday night. Ken Brown is with us. We'll talk about that and more in just a moment. we'll take our first time out. This is Illinois Pellis, Saturday sports talk on DWS. Moving up on 9.17, Illini fellow Saturday Sports Talk, Ken Brown, Associate Athletic Director and Sports Information Director at the U of I is with us for another 12 or 13 minutes to the bottom of the hour. Following Kent, we've got David Kaplan from NBC Sports in Chicago to talk some Chicago baseball. Brad Dancer, Illini Tennis Coach at 9.45 on his way to the Chicago area. They take on Northwestern tomorrow, the men's tennis team does. At 10 o'clock, Jeff Carson, he's the new basketball recruiting writer for Doug Bouchon and Rivals.com. Orange and Blue News will join us at 10. Then at 10.30, Georgie Bouchonis-Villey will give us a call and we'll have a chat with him. In the meantime, the phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. The spring football game is Monday night, 7 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. And unlike softball and baseball, there will be some fans allowed in
3: yeah, so we were given uh, the ability you know the the rule in the in the state is twenty five percent and um, again by using the the formula of spacing and, and that sort of thing, we have about we were able to distribute about seventy five hundred tickets now I will tell you the first day you know we put those on the uh, online and people have to sign up for them because again they're reserved seats uh, the first day you know we we didn't know how what the response would be and so we weren't expecting to have to open the east balcony uh and we were going to try to assign the east uh side last and i tell you our fan uh response was almost overwhelming it, i mean it blew by two o'clock we were done everything we'd put everything <laughs> everything we put out there was was gone so uh it's that's exciting to know that there's there's people and part of that i'm sure is the excitement of a new coaching staff sure and 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 to see what what's going to be like. And it's a free ticket, and Monday night looks like the weather's going to be okay. Monday night, I'm glad it's not Tuesday night, uh, you know, so we we got lucky there. But So, anyways, uh, the gates will open at 6 o'clock for the 7,500 ticket holders. Uh, game starts at 7. We have a two-hour window. It's going to be carried live on the Big Ten network. Um, so, you know, coaches aware of that. We're, the first half will basically be a regular timed game. Um, he'll have the ability to place the ball wherever he wants. You know, as coaches do, you know, to keep and kickoffs. You know, they're going just going to give the ball probably at the twenty-five, or he can he can place it somewhere else if he wants to. Um, at the end of the first and third quarters, there'll be like a rapid-fire, uh, rapid fire, uh sh- field goal shootout. Uh, basically, the twos and the ones, and one will be on the left hash, one will be on the right hash, and he'll he'll do the distance, and they have to. He said, everybody's going to be on the field there'll be 22 players you know you know the the rush team will be basically they won't rush real hard but he said everybody else will be around those kickers just yelling at them and, and <laughs> screaming in their ear try to distract them and so it'll be basically you know boom the ball goes down on the left it's kicked and then we go right to the other side and then right back and then right you know the to get six kicks in and so that'll be kind of interesting to watch um i know that uh we're planning on doing some miking up a Doing some interviews with players and coach during the uh, with BTN during the during the game. Second half will probably move a lot faster. You know, of course, halftime. One of the things uh, we're going to have the the men's basketball team there. This may be we're trying to get everybody back together one more time before everybody scatters. And and so uh, we have our uh, Big Ten tournament championship uh, banner that we'll unveil at the end of, of uh, halftime. Each uh, we'll introduce everybody, and and I think a couple of them are going to speak to the
2: crowd. So. You know, Um, it's kind of interesting about this team. You see that a lot of people want to come back, are anxious to come out in this era of transfer, where everybody's got players that they never heard of. Illinois is just the opposite. Illinois has got a whole bunch of players we've heard of. Yeah, we've had
3: we've got seventeen super seniors on this roster right now, which is more than any team, power five team in the country, uh, who, who decided to come back. And so that's exciting because it gives us some depth and some quality players at positions that if you know if they weren't here it would really be scrambling we probably couldn't have a spring game without that without the super seniors
1: do you expect or do you know if uh, BTN will carry the halftime yeah they thing? they they expect yeah they, okay.
3: they they're aware of all their scripting and Good. you know they got some commercials to work in but and we'll work around it but we'll they're going to carry the the halftime live and and get that done so It'll be – the second half will be a little bit different. it to be a, a running clock and, and maybe even have to shave. Minutes. It depends on what the time is because we've got to be off – You know, our, our two-hour block's off at 9 o'clock. Right. So, so we'll want to make sure we're wrapped up by then. And, and, um, and so it'll be a little bit of different timing, and they'll be start switching guys around all over the place. Oranges will be the first-teamers. Blues will be everybody else. And uh, we'll see what the score is at the end.
2: What can we expect? Of, I mean, what I know you know you know more about than we have. We haven't seen anything. What uh, what do you expect out of this team? What what are the areas that you see as strengths might and maybe weaknesses?
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. And it was something that when we talked with. Uh, so Jay Layman is one of the announcers tomorrow. Lisa Byington will be the other uh, for BTN. And so we met with Coach and, and them on a Zoom call yesterday. And, you know, Coach goes right to that offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we think it's going to be. Uh, he, he feels really good about the, the – Starting group there, the experience coming back. And he says, you know, right now there's three of those guys that all have draftable grades, and here we are, we're going to have them. So that's a positive thing. The, uh, uh, he, he, I think he feels very good about the running backs, uh, the depth there. Tight ends was another position that he was very high on, and, uh, he f- thinks those, the top two, especially Ford and, and, uh, DJ are, are both guys who can, uh, Play and have really improved. He said probably as much as anybody in this camp so far. So spring, so you're
2: going over practically the entire. Uh, I, offense know, we're better and, we're except be- quarterback, and that and that's pretty experienced. I
3: think they feel really good about you know the quarterback. They both of them have played and um and they both battled and and one you know, listen, we saw him play last year, right? We all know that one throws a little bit better, one runs a little bit better. Uh, they both uh, have some skill sets, and and so they're working through that. I I watch them every day and. One throws a little bit better. One runs a little bit better.
1: Got a phone call. Let's go to the phone lines. And Steve is with us morning. Steve.
6: Hey, I got a question. I'm not sure if uh, Kent can answer it or not, but I know the football staffs added a lot of people, and one name in particular was like Pat Ryan from Metamora will be in charge of high school stuff. Do all these coaches move to Champaign or do they work from their
7: homes and things like that?
3: No, they're uh, everybody's moved to Champaign. and. Uh, uh pat ryan's a, a, just an outstanding guy I've, I've met him a couple times talked to him a couple times and uh uh you know when we first were going to hire him i uh i lived in st joe for 20 years and so i know dick devall pretty well and i know dick was involved at the state level in the coaches association so i immediately hey do you know pat Ryan? He's like yeah why you know and so <laughs> i said what are you doing because oh because that's an outstanding hire and just an incredible person and and being around him you can see why he his job as a high school coaches uh contact you know will be will really be beneficial and so um looking forward to seeing you know that continue that's one thing that's really uh been fun to watch is is that developing that plan on how we're going to uh communicate and uh develop relationships with the high school coaches and the high schools around the state and um you know the the whole recruiting staff is is basically a uh, uh you know it's it's just a different way of doing it and and i I love the way what he's put together
2: well i don't know how many players he's going to find in the state of illinois but i do know i don't i don't see any uh advantage to not making them all friendly with you right i mean if you contact everybody and talk to them that's going to help some way i mean somehow over the over time i would think
3: you would think so and i i would i would hope that's the case and that's the plan here and Knowing that uh, you know you're going to find players wherever you find them and wherever you're recruiting to, right? But uh, you know your state is always going to be important, and they are certainly they they talk the talk and now they're walking the walk on that.
1: Anything else, Steve?
6: No, but I was just curious because I know Pat lives in Metamora for forty some years, and I yeah. didn't know if he'd make that move to a new house in Champaign – this late in life or what he
7: would
3: do well so, i think his daughter lives lie. in urbana i think his daughter lives in urbana so he's got at least a uh, short term and i think their plan is to this is this is his full-time job so i'm i'm, I'm expecting everybody to to be down here maybe you know i, I haven't talked that to was a about good that. question though that, yeah. uh, no it is
1: in, in today's uh remote world that we've kind of come into the last 12 or 13 well months, there was
3: a couple hires last year with the old staff that happened in the spring right when the pandemic was going on and some of those folks didn't Really come to champagne because there was no reason to you couldn't right. be in the building you couldn't be here, so they stayed at their house wherever they were, Texas or wherever until camp started so um you know it's 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 just a it was a different time but i I think everybody you know is around every day here.
2: well tell us how things will change as of June the first <laughs> in terms of recruiting Does that mean you can start bringing in players yeah, to yeah so it goes
3: back to the to the old or the the the, the traditional uh, recruiting schedule after that and so yes they'll be here i saw uh the uh the coach from the team up north uh uh quote the other day say that he told his wife well, i'll see you in july and we'll go on <laughs> vacation because june's going to be absolutely crazy uh either visiting or kids on campus and and we you know brett uh beoma uh mentioned has mentioned several times that he thinks we were the first we start we i think we anticipate this was going to happen and kind of Hedged our bet that this was that June 1st was going to be the day, so we started scheduling on-campus visits with all these kids, uh, maybe before anybody else did, and so we're going to have a ton of kids coming in here that first weekend and early June.
1: Getting a little short on time, but I want to mention something cool that happened this week. Football talk kind of went uh, to outer space. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, you know, uh, you know, very proud of Mike Hopkins, and uh, you know, for those who follow on social media, Astro Alumni. Uh, played here in the early 90s, and uh, his dream was to be an astronaut. Now he's on his second tour in, in space at the International Space Station. And he did a live talk back with the College of Aeronautical Engineering uh, this week, and um, it allowed uh, they allowed three of our players to participate, along with Josh Whitman, to finish up with an ILL, to get an INI at the end. And it was fun because Mike, uh, he obviously follows the team, and each of the three guys um, is you know Adams, Kramer, and uh, Blake Hayes, and, and he – he knew something about each of those yes, guys, and so his response was was really cool, and they they really appreciate it. it was it was very anything we do anything you do something with outer space is pretty cool, right? <laughs> so and there wasn't a lot of people in that room because of of the space that was there, but it was it was it was very great, and we appreciate the college uh, letting us do that.
1: Squeeze another call in here as we hit the bottom of the hour, Dave in Springfield. You're on the air. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh,
8: I am super excited about about monday night but my question is i'm a blind person just like marty out uh, north carolina is and i cannot follow sometimes sports on tv because announcers don't do a very good job my question to kent is um regards to uh lisa biden i i try to watch basketball and she never tells about what's happening in the games so when i listen on the radio <laughs> so
3: well uh, i'm sure the... yeah i i i, I... I, I don't know, have a great answer for you on that because each announcer is different, right? And uh, and each medium is different. Each and, medium and is different. Television
1: and, play by play. I've done both, and it's totally different than radio. And radio, you've got to paint the picture. And but I, but it is a great question.
3: It is, and and I, I wish I had a better answer yeah. for you. You know, those are things I know that in production meetings that they they talk about. But the different mediums make it uh, a different uh, circumstance. So. I hope you listen i unfortunately it's not going to be carried on the radio, but uh hopefully Lisa and, and Jay Jake can provide some some uh you know fill in what's going on on the field
8: yeah that's I appreciate that very much, and I will be watch, uh, listening and on the on the television but just on know last basketball season with uh, steve bardo and, and lisa Binding, i so i the place will be happening, and I don't know what's going on you know because they don't they, she talks too much about everything <laughs> but the game so
3: all right, well, Thank we appreciate you, you We appreciate you following us. I mean, yeah, thanks,
1: really do. Dave. We do appreciate that. we we'll to talk some baseball with our next <laughs> guest, but we can't uh, let you get away without, uh, and we feel the same way you do, Lord and I being Cardinal <laughs> fans, and uh, not a stellar start for our favorite teams. Oh,
3: we got to get out of April, we got to get into May and see if we can s- turn some hitters around, and, and I think the team batting average for the Cubs is like 165 or something that like that. That is it, yeah. I have some friends who keep track of that and keep reminding us <laughs> in our group uh, text messages, and well
2: um, oh, that's not quite accurate it's 166 yeah. <laughs> and it's the
1: only only major league average under the mendoza line so yeah. you got that going yeah
2: <laughs> it's
3: not 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 great i uh, during the game yesterday last night or yesterday I a a friend of mine who works for the cubs texted me and it was about something you know, he does a lot of stuff on field and and i just said i'm about ready to see if we can hire you as a hitting coach to help And i you know jokingly because i i mean you know there are people who know what they're doing, and it's these guys are pro hitters, and hopefully they'll come around. But that's a, that's the hard. thing; it's so
2: hard to understand. They are pro hitters, and you got some really veteran guy who shouldn't be over the hill. Ba- Baez is not over the hill. Rizzo shouldn't be over the hill. Well, Bryant, I mean, and we haven't are, had that horrible and weather. Should,
3: Sometimes uh, in April, you know, you have some really tough weather to hit yeah. in and super cold. We haven't had that. Uh, the Cubs haven't, and I say we. The Cubs haven't had that type of. Uh, atmosphere yet so I don't know hopefully I hope uh, you know it's it's so much fun when both the Cardinals and the Cubs are good and they're playing and they're competing for uh, the division title because it just raises a lot of uh, energy in the in the area and so hopefully both of them get at least one of them the team in blue can get turned around
1: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, thankfully the division is not very good so all you got to do is not Fall totally on your face in April and just kind of hang in there, stay afloat five hundred or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
3: Give yourself a chance,
1: right? Yeah. KB, great stuff as always. Good to see you. Yeah,
3: appreciate it. We'll see you guys yeah. uh, soon, and certainly see you Monday night. Absolutely, we'll see you in the press box.
1: We'll take a break and be back with more uh, talk. We'll talk some baseball with David Kaplan after this. Stay with us. It is nine thirty-four. WDWS, Champaign, Urbana, and this is Lima Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks to Kent Brown for kicking us off talking some Illinois football, baseball, softball, basketball. For the first 30 minutes of the show, we're going to turn the conversation around to football and Chicago sports. And David Kaplan is with us from the Windy City. Good morning, David. How are you?
4: Steve, Lauren, always a pleasure to be on with you guys.
1: Want to talk Cubs and White Sox. Interesting starts for both the local teams up there. The Cubs hitting a robust 166, which is worst in the majors uh, so far. But Lord uh, and, and I, as you know, are Cardinal fans, and the news is not much better for Redbird fans either. But let's talk about the the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, the Cubs are 5-8. and eight. The White Sox are 6-7. and seven, But they did have a no-hit game this week.
4: Yeah, uh, Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter the other day, had a hit-by-pitch in the ninth inning with one out that, would have gotten him a perfect game. But either way, it's really cool that he got the no hitter considering all he's gone through. It's a guy that had major shoulder surgery, missed a year, then had Tommy John surgery, missed a year, then got non tendered last December by the White Sox, which means you're a free agent and could sign with anyone else and nobody's going to pay you much money. And then they brought him back on a one year prove it deal. And he's proved it so far. Through two starts, he's been really good. And his velocity is back, so it was really cool to see uh, a guy go out and accomplish that.
1: As far as uh, the White Sox, while we started with them in general, as I mentioned, they're a game under five hundred got a little bit of rain and snow in Boston, so they'll try to play two uh, tomorrow. Your thoughts on them as they motivate their way through April?
4: Yeah, I think they're a really good team, I do. I think they've got quality pitching, I think they have a quality bullpen, and You know, if this was a short season, you'd have some concern that you didn't get off to a quicker start, but they'll be fine. If we get all 162 in, and with everyone getting vaccinated, I would assume that we will, I think this is a team that's going to win 90 ballgames. I do. I think they're the best team in that division. Doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series. I think the Dodgers are the cream of Major League Baseball, but anything can happen when you get to the playoffs, and I do think the White Sox are a playoff team. I think they're really, really good. The Cubs, not so much.
2: Well, Cap, let's get around to the Cubs because this should be, this should be a continuation of what started five years ago. They, they've got some of the key nucleus guys that they're just not producing. Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. I, I don't understand it. Explain to me what happened to this team when they had such a good young nucleus five years ago and won the World Series.
4: Lauren, I would tell you that the more we go forward unless it turns around, and I don't see any reason it will, 2016 was the outlier. That's not who this team is. It was awesome. It was the greatest night of my sports life, being in Cleveland that night and being on the air, my favorite team won the World Series. It was amazing. But post-2016, if you go back and look at the numbers, it's unbelievable how they struggle with fastballs. And Mm -hmm. as the game has changed with more and more hard throwers, they've gotten worse and worse. They're now the single worst team in Major League Baseball through 13 games at facing fastballs. And the game's getting tougher to hit because everybody's throwing 98 to 103. Uh, I I can't figure it out. Yesterday in the ninth inning, you had the bases loaded. You had Jock Peterson up who said, I want to prove that I can hit lefties. Okay, big guy, here we go. And 93 and 94 right down the middle. And he's trying to yank that thing to Lake Michigan instead of putting it in play. And then they throw him a really nasty slider, ball game over. He swings and misses. Um, it's just, it's very disappointing. Their numbers are beyond pathetic. I think Steve gave out some numbers at the start when you were bringing me in. Let me give you a better one. Chicago Cubs are hitting with runners in scoring position 7 for 83. That's an 084 batting average. <laughs> oh that, man! That, I mean, that's literally impossible.
2: Yeah. I, well, I I can't figure it out because I thought they were building something for the long term. I thought that they had they'd be good for a, a number of years, and it's just kind of falling apart. I just, where do they go from here, or what do they do with Bryant when when in the next couple of months?
4: Well, I think you're going to see them start to blow this thing up, and I think that's what they need to do. And the funny thing is, if you're a fan of pick a team not in the division, you're a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you announce you have just traded you know, two prospects to get Chris Bryant, you as a fan would be like, whoa, we just got Chris Bryant. That guy's really good. And he may go there and be a really good player. But for whatever reason, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Happ, Hayward, I mean, Jock Peterson, you keep looking at these guys and there's some really impressive careers there and for whatever reason the start of this season has been nothing short of awful.
2: Well, uh, I I just don't know, uh, I guess I misjudged it because I thought they were going to be good for a, a long time after watching that that one year and I, as you say it looks like it looks like an outlier now and it looks like they'll be making some key trades here in the very near future to try to build for the future. Okay. The one thing we're not discussing is the pitching, and that hasn't been particularly impressive either in, in my mind. What, do you see them uh, getting any, having any improvement there?
4: Um, here, this is the fact of the matter, and I like Theo and Jed very much, and I think they deserve all the plaudits that are thrown their way for rebuilding an awful organization. When they got here, the infrastructure of this organization was nothing short of pathetic, and they have turned it into – a model franchise in terms of how things are run on a day-to-day basis. That all said, do you realize that as of this interview right now, it's been 10 years under Theo Epstein slash Jed Hoyer. They have developed exactly zero starting pitching. If you go back and look at the guys who have made at least one start in the big leagues for the Cubs, it's like Jen Holtz saying, made one. Al there now. Um... Trying to think, there's a couple of other guys. Oh, Rob Strizny. I mean, nobody of any consequence has been developed by this system. And then if we go back and look at position players, Ian Happ, the ninth overall pick, he's okay, not a great player. Chris Bryant, outstanding. That's been a great draft pick. uh Kyle Schwarber, you non-tendered Kyle Schwarber. I know he had a home run last night. He's still a 200-whatever hitter, 225 after last night. I think he was 199 prior to the game. Their draft and development record has been lousy, and that's being kind.
1: Visiting with David Kaplan, you talked about maybe blowing it up. Is April 20th too soon to be talking about that?
4: Yes, because the other teams in baseball are not ready to declare all in or all out, and if you're all in and you're really good, let's take the Dodgers. Barring a catastrophic injury to Justin Turner or Seeger, somebody like that, you're not going to go out and trade good prospects to go bring in Chris Bryant or if your catcher got hurt, Wilson Contreras. So, you know, like the White Sox. The White Sox need to go get probably a left fielder, probably. At least another, they'd like to add another bat because Jimenez probably is done for the year. Well, if you're the Cubs, you're not handing them Chris Bryant for nothing. Do you really want to trade Dylan Cease or one of your better relievers or one of your better prospects? And That's what the price is going to be. Probably not. I think you're going to start to see trades in earnest late May, early June, and that's even jumping the market.
2: Well, let's switch over to the Bulls. That'll get you off on another track. Uh, where do you see them headed? How do you see them uh, helping themselves in the draft? What's going to happen there?
4: Well, they don't have their draft pick this year because they traded it in the Nikola Vucevic deal. Now, they did put what's called top four protection on it. So the people that are listening go, what do you mean by that? If the Bulls somehow don't make the playoffs, and right now with Zach Levine down with COVID, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs so then they're in the lottery if the lottery ball falls and the bulls are in the top four they keep the pick if the lottery ball falls and it's five to 13 then that pick gets sent to the orlando magic so i i would love to see them not make the playoffs to get in a play-in tournament to try and get filleted by the as the eighth seed potentially by milwaukee or philadelphia or new jersey uh, brooklyn Whoever that is, I don't really see a ton of value there. I know pressure basketball is good for young players. I would prefer to roll the dice and see if they can get lucky like they did last year when they moved all the way up to number four in the lottery. Because if somehow, some way, you catch a break and you're picking high in that draft and you can get Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham from uh, Oklahoma State or the uh, Suggs kid from Gonzaga, well, there's your point guard for the next 10 to 12 years. So I'd rather roll the dice that way because there is no scenario this team makes a playoff run. So I don't really see the value of getting there.
2: Yeah, that that seems to be a, one of the great problems with the NBA. Is if you see you're not going to be in the playoff, you're you're better off to lose games. <laughs> and right. And I don't I don't. There's no answer for that. I mean that that's absolutely a, the right way to go long term. Nope. No question.
4: And again, if they don't make the playoffs, and they don't get lucky in the lottery and they have to send their pick off to Orlando. Okay, it is what it is, but then you have got to get – I've been screaming, and I had this debate with John Paxson one day. You have got to be screaming from the mountaintops. They need a pure point guard, somebody who organizes their offense and understands how to get Lowry Markin in shots if he's still here, how to get Buciewicz better shots, how to get the ball in Zach Levine's hands. Like I, going forward, looking at that team, here's how I look at them. They're going to have uh, about $26 million in cap space this summer. Well, if you don't have a, a pick in the draft to go get the point guard, then you've got to go get whether it's Lonzo Ball, Mike Conley is going to be available. There's going to be a handful of really good players out there. So either I spend my money there or if I get lucky in the draft and I am picking and I get a point guard there, then I can go add another piece because I love Vucevic. I think he's a really good player. I really like Zach Levine. I think Patrick Williams has hit the rookie wall. He's 19 years old. Two years ago from right now, he was a high school senior, and now we're asking him to play against men and wondering why he's struggling at this point in the season. So I think you're going to see a sign-and-trade market, and it'll be gone. I do think Lonzo Ball or someone like that will be here, and then we'll see where they go. They've got to have you know, an infusion of two or three more pieces. So, they, look, these guys came in here. They're smart guys. They know it's going to take time.
1: Another minute or two with David Kaplan. Your thoughts on Illinois basketball after that loss in the NCAA to um, Loyola, NCAA tournament. And the college basketball right now, David, as you know, is kind of a wild, wild west with the transfer portal up over 1,400 now. So, a lot depends on who stays, who goes, and whatever. But, your thoughts on what Brad Brad Underwood has done in his uh, four years at Illinois.
4: Well, you guys know you had me on the Saturday after he was hired. I'm a huge Brad Underwood guy. Uh, He has rebuilt that program, but now he's, just like every other coach, he's got to deal with the Wild West of this transfer transfer portal, which I think is an awful, awful trend in college basketball. And I keep hearing people go, well, the the coaches can leave. I have no problem that if the coach leaves his job – The players can transfer. I'm okay with that. But if the coach is still there, Brad Underwood, he's built a program, you shouldn't be able to leave and go be eligible somewhere else because the real problem is not for schools like Illinois because they're playing for the biggest prize. But what if you're just pick a random team, Cleveland State, and you recruit some kid that all the big schools miss on. For whatever reason, he falls through the cracks, and he is a stud. Oh, my goodness, how'd they get that guy? And now all the big schools back channel behind the coach. Hey, kid, leave. You'll start here next year. You've worked hard. You've out-recruited people. You've done a better job in evaluation. You've put them in a position to be successful. And now the big schools come and steal them. I think it's an awful, <laughs> awful trend for college basketball. But I, I'll put my money on Brad Underwood any day of the week. They. It was funny. The day of the selection, I tweeted – People are like, oh, Loyola got screwed. What a horrible seed. I said, if you're Loyola, you're looking at that going, we got a chance to take out a one seed. This is a golden opportunity for us. And if I'm Illinois, I got to play them. I'm just telling you, that Loyola team, I've done their games. They're legit, man. That was not an upset. They're a legit team with veteran players and a hell of a coach. So, yeah, it was a bad draw for Illinois. It happened. But I love that Illinois program, and I love Brad Underwood.
1: Great stuff, David. Always enjoy uh, catching up with you. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again here down the road. Thanks again.
4: Thanks, yeah, look David. forward to it after the NFL
1: draft. Call me. All right, we well, will. Good. David Kaplan with us from uh, the Windy City, NBC Sports Chicago. At 948, we'll take a break and be back with more on Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. <laughs> 9.51 on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Pella Saturday, Sports Talk with Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock today. Glad you're with us. Thanks to uh, Kent Brown and David Kaplan, our first couple of guests on uh, this week's program. Going to talk some Illinois men's tennis for a few minutes now. Illinois coach Brad Dancer is on the line with us. Good morning, coach. How you doing? Hey, good
6: morning, guys. How you doing? I'm doing
1: super. You sound like you're on a bus ride to... Uh, up north, huh?
6: I've, I've asked the guys to be quiet, but uh, I can't imagine that's going to go over too well. It's, it <laughs> usually lasts for about 10 seconds, so <laughs> my apologies in advance.
1: I thought maybe they'd all still be asleep once the, once the wheels got turning.
6: We haven't fed them yet. That happens right after we feed them.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about your team. You're on quite a roll right now on a 12-match winning streak, 13-1 and in the Big Ten, 16-2 overall. Uh, give us an update on what's been going well for you.
6: Well, we've just we got an outstanding group of young men and, and we've got great leaders and great players, great talent, hard workers and you know, you combine all those things and uh and then get get the coaches out of the room and they do all right. So, no, we've done, we've done a good job, but it really comes down to the to the young men on our team. Just really fortunate to have a group and to and have some people come back for a fifth year, which you know, I know Lauren wrote about that in football the other day and uh, it just matters a lot to uh, have veteran leadership on your team.
2: Well, Brad, uh, uh, talk about your seniors real quick and, and what they've meant to this program and what they've meant to this season.
6: Yeah, you know it's interesting because you know four Gomes and you know graduated and decided not to come back, but the other four guys came back and so Vuk Budis, Noe Khalif, Alex Kibosvitz and Z Clark, and it's been a really special group. And, and they've been to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, so they've they've had some success, but. They haven't won a Big Ten. They have not won a Big Ten title. You know, they haven't been to a Final Four. And this group just, you know, they just don't have that feather in their cap. And I think it's been a, it's been a year-long commitment from the coaching staff to be like, we've got to, we've got to get this team in good enough shape so that they, that this group can have, you know, a feather in their cap and have some accolades to go with them because it's a really a special, special group of young men. And so, that's that's what we're working hard for is to is to have these guys be able to say that they're you know that they're a chance and and that they've got something to show for it because they really deserve it through everything they've done over the last 4 or 5 years.
2: What brought about the decision to have the West and east divisions this year?
6: Yeah, that was a that was a big ten decision, you know, covid decision. They were trying to figure out um, you know, I think part of it was cost containment and uh, you know, we as coaches, we put together a drastically different schedule that that actually would have had us playing Ohio State, Michigan six times. Um, we thought that would be better for the conference and but ultimately, the conference decided they wanted to go west and east and, and, and didn't have these mini crossovers. and So it's a little bit of a hodgepodge of things. But, you know, as I told our guys at the beginning of the year, then, you know, we, this year, usually we get to make our schedule. This year, we don't. So we're going to play who we play and do the best we can against those guys.
2: Okay. When the regular season is over, then what, You go in? do you have a playoff or do you go into the regional?
6: Then, then we're going to go to the Big Ten tournament. Okay. And, um, and that was that was originally just a, a normal tournament like we always do. Uh, Purdue just opted out of their season the other day. So we're having a meeting on Monday about, you know, do we need to restructure the tournament at all, if there's any other cancellations. So, you know, all this sort of um, flexibility that you have to have in this COVID situation. So I think we're going to adapt on Monday and, and see what needs to happen. So, But for right now, you know, we just uh, – guys, it's really – you know, you always talk about one match at a time, but in COVID times it's really – One match at a time.
2: And back to the regional, the chances of you hosting.
6: Yeah. So yesterday they announced uh, 20 possible host sites for the for the 20 20 sites for the 16. We made that cut, so we're one of the 20. And then now they'll wait till after the conference tournaments to decide who those top 16 uh, teams will be that will host. Uh, So we so we've made that cut into the top 20
1: speaking of adapting as you were certainly if there was ever a season where that had to be done it was this one with the pandemic and everything and uh you guys i, I don't know what you've done maybe differently during this time but you you seem to got to have it on a roll how difficult has it been to just deal with the last 12 13 14 months it's
6: been it's been awful i mean i hate to say that but uh you know we've got a young man uh Alex Manchilla just left our program. He's going to transfer to Tulane. And, and, and it's just one of those things you're, you're always dealing with things that are that the, the public doesn't see. But, you know, it's hard with your culture when we usually have eight or nine guys on the team. And this year we've got 12 guys on the team. And how do you manage all that? And everybody's got, you know, they don't come to Illinois to sit the bench. They come to Illinois to, to play tennis. And then we didn't get to play at all in the fall. We didn't get to play at all last summer. So guys are not only going just maybe January to May, not getting playing time, but they haven't played in the last year. And so it's really, really difficult for an athlete to go that, that period of time without competing. And so it's been tough. But, but, again, when I say it's tough on us, every single coach I talk to is just banging their head against the wall about the, the difficulties of navigating this stuff. So it's not easy when you're coaching a team, And um, but I'm proud of our guys for the way they've handled that.
2: When you try to decide who's going to play, I mean – in basketball, it's kind of a coach's arbitrary decision. He decides he wants to put the Williams in or he wants to put Fraser in. He makes that decision. But with you, can you just pit two guys against each other in practice and say, okay, the winner of this will be uh, in the starting lineup? Do you do that or do you go further than that?
6: I did that one time about 18 years ago when I was coaching at Fresno, and uh, it's probably the worst decision I ever made in my life. So there's so many variables that go into it. You know, it, it would be uh, – you know, one guy likes to play against that guy, the other guy, I like to play against him, but, but, but the other guy is better against that, you know, there's just so many variables. That, that just doesn't seem to work for me for tennis. And, you know, like you said with Underwood, the great thing is, is, you know, he plays, uh, let's say he plays a freshman out there and the freshman does great the first four minutes and then goes on a couple mistakes and makes a few things. We take him out for a few minutes and talks to him and puts him back in 10 minutes later. We don't get that luxury. You know, right. you're either playing and, and you're, and you're, your butt is on the line and your team's butt is on the line or, or you're not playing. And, uh, and I've always, I have always felt like I'd be better at basketball where you have a chance to educate someone and get them back in there and, and, and go through it. But, uh, yeah, that's the toughest thing about our, our, our roles in terms of, of playing or not playing.
1: Well, you play at Northwestern uh, tomorrow, and then I think uh, you've got one more regular season match next week, I think, against Indiana. Is that right? Yep, yep. And how do you size those two matches up? Let's just uh, talk about Northwestern.
6: Yeah, Northwestern's stacked and, and we played them earlier and beat them at home, but they were without their number one player. He was out at the time and he's back in and hasn't lost since he's come back. So they're, they're, they're a very, very good teams to be a great challenge for us tomorrow. Uh, and then Indiana is, is again a very good team, tough, very difficult place to play over at Indiana. So that's two big challenges for us, uh, before the tournament. And, um, you know, you just, I think again, our mind is solely on Northwestern at the moment, but, uh, but as soon as that's done, you know, we'll, we'll shift to Indiana. And then, you know, the Big Ten Tournament is something we're really looking forward to as
1: well. Hey, Brad, appreciate your time. Tell the guys they can be noisy again now. And <laughs> and uh, have a good trip up there. And uh, good luck to you.
6: Sounds, sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on, guys.
2: Thanks, Brad.
1: Brad Dancer, Illini men's tennis coach with us. As we mentioned, they're on quite a roll, 12 straight, 13-1 and one in the Big Ten. They won the West Division title.
2: Yeah, they started out the season. They had to play number one USC. Well, USC wasn't really number one, but they were number one at that point. They found out they weren't quite that good, but Illinois beat them, and that got that started them on a very good season.
1: And they were one and one in the Big Ten when Ohio State beat them. Mm-hmm. Now they haven't lost since, so they're are on a good roll, no doubt about it. The women's tennis team, by the way, plays Northwestern as well. That comes up uh, today. Nope, I'm sorry, that's tomorrow. And with a win, the women's tennis team would be eight and eight on the season. The men's gymnastics team will be playing, or uh, participating, performing tonight at the NCAA championships in Minneapolis. They made uh, the final cut of six for the NCAA championships. If you missed the baseball scores last night, the Phillies beat the Cardinals nine to two. The Braves over the Cubs yesterday afternoon, five to two. The White Sox and Red Sox were weathered out. Illinois baseball beat uh, Michigan State 13-4. Illinois softball over Purdue 9-3. And uh, those are the scores, and that takes care of our first hour of the show. On WDWS Champaign-Urbana, this is Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll talk some basketball roster and recruiting news coming up next. Stay with us for hour number two of Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk.
0: It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're headed towards 11 o'clock, as usual. All well, right, fellas, Saturday Sports Talk. We do have the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us, we're going to talk some college basketball. This hour, Georgie Villy will join us at uh, 1030. It'll be nice to catch up with him before he heads on to his next adventure. We're going to talk some basketball recruiting with uh, Jeff Carson from Rivals.com, Orange and Blue News. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome to the program. You're kind of new with... Uh, With the rivals bunch at least in this assignment so uh welcome to the show good to have you
9: thank you steve i appreciate uh, you guys having me on
1: you've been uh working on the illinois beat for how long now just uh, recently
9: yeah so uh pretty new to the new uh this this uh expanded role with uh, orange and blue news uh just just a few weeks actually uh but before that i was uh doing freelance recruiting stuff for them for four or five years so a lot of uh basketball recruiting coverage of kids in the in the Chicago area and some AAU tournaments in the Midwest and that kind of thing
1: well you certainly jumped in at an interesting time with the uh, uh, (laughs) portal up over 1400 players in that right now and probably could go higher and certainly will go higher in football coming up here I would guess after the spring games but uh tell us what's new what's the latest you got any scoop for us
9: (laughs) well um as you guys probably know uh Utah guard Alfonso Plummer uh, is deciding today. He's a six-one left left-handed uh, point guard, averaged 13.5 points for Utah last year. Um, I do think Illinois has a real good chance there. Uh, the latest that we were hearing was uh, probably coming down to Illinois and Texas Tech. And uh, he's going to announce today. So uh do think Illinois uh, has a real good chance with him. Um, there's other kids in the portal as well that, that they have, uh, realistic shots for, but, but this, this whole landscape is, is just incredible with, you know, five minutes after we get off the phone, there might be a different kid in there and, and the roster movement is incredible. So, uh, I don't envy the, the role of a college basketball coach these days. It's, uh, an ever changing, uh, landscape from day to day.
2: What's interesting to me, uh, Jeff, is the fact that you're talking about, uh, Plummer, who is Puerto Rican background, as does Melendez, as does Curbelo on this Illinois basketball team, it's pretty clear that Plummer is coming, and uh, he is a six-one left-handed shooter, uh, you know, a, 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 a long-range uh, three-point shooter, and he's almost the same as Trent Fraser. I mean, in terms of his size and in terms of being left-handed uh-huh. and being a shooter, do you, how do you compare those two guys, Plummer and Fraser?
9: Yeah, good question. Um, I, well, I've certainly seen a, a whole lot more of Trent, uh, than, than Plummer. I've seen uh, some video of Plummer, but, uh, that's a, re- that's a really good point and, and how those two would fit together on the roster, uh, would be an interesting deal. Um, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to, to necessarily compare the two until we see them out there together, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can't. You can can never have too many guards. You can never have too many shooters. So, um, with injuries and transfers and and the like, uh, I you know I I understand the theory of of just stacking as much talent as you can, and then you figure it out once they're here.
2: Yeah, and of course Trent Fraser is going to apparently announce tomorrow, and he's probably coming back according to his father, and uh, it would be interesting. What you've got there is. I would say they both won't be. One of those guys will probably be coming off the bench, and that gives you some instant offense off the bench. Presumably, I mean, what do you what do you know about Fraser and his decision?
9: Yeah, probably the the same that that a lot of others are hearing. We're hearing that it's likely that he comes back. Um, you know, he he likes he enjoys the college experience. He's not an NBA guy, so uh, you're he's weighing whether he wants to go through the whole. Big Ten rigor again versus maybe some professional opportunities outside of the NBA. Um, heard this week that it was probably something like seventy-five twenty-five that he was coming back, so um, that would be my assumption this morning as well. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get another another season with Trent on the Illini.
1: Visiting with Jeff Carson from Rivals.com, Orange and Blue News earlier this week, it was official: letters of intent signed by Br- uh, Brandon Pajimski. R.J. Melendez and Omar Payne from the, he's from the transfer uh, portal. And those guys will go into the 21 class with Luke Goody, who signed earlier from Indiana. Your thoughts on on that class?
9: You know, it, I think it's I think it's a real real strong class, uh, kind of a foundational class. You're you're not talking about one and dones. Uh, you're talking about kids that you project to be in the program for three or four years. Of course, it doesn't always work that way these days with, with transfers constantly. But um, one interesting thing is, is how they appear to have a lot of similarities right They're We're talking about six, 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 seven, six, five wings. Uh, We're talking about shooters and and kids that can pass well. Um, So very apparent what Underwood and the staff were looking for in in terms of adding length and and shooters. Um, I like these kids a lot. Uh, The, the, Brandon uh, Podzimski, kid, is, is a, a very interesting prospect, and put up huge numbers this year at his high school in Wisconsin. Averaged 35 points a game, uh, Mr. Basketball in Wisconsin. And um, you know, the the question is, he didn't, he wasn't necessarily facing great competition. So uh, we'll see how he how he adjusts to facing the high level competition. But uh, shooters are shooters, and and a lot of that stuff should translate. So. I like what they've done here, um, adding adding these pieces. You know, it's, it's the the raster movement. It, like we've said a couple times, is is just so so constant that you don't know what what tomorrow brings. But um, I like what they've done with with these three, and and the Omar Payne ad is huge. Uh, whether Kofi re- returns or not, uh, having Payne um, is was a really big ad for Illinois. So I, I know they feel great about that.
2: You know, I, I would think one of the concerns I, that I would have, and and I, and not knowing these players individually, how they're going to react if you have Plummer and Frazier both coming back, as we expect in the next twenty-four hours, uh-huh. that both of them will, will commit to Illinois, that Goody and Melendez and and uh, are going, uh, they're all going to have to come off the bench probably, and uh, uh-huh. you know that that the, the, what you worry about is their ability to transfer immediately <laughs> if they're not happy and most players aren't happy i i i think maybe the the key here is to is to bring them along and have them obviously to be able to take over the next year certainly frazier will be gone what's Plummer's status long term is he a, is he a senior now yeah
9: yeah i think i think he's planning on one more year so okay. he, he played two years at arizona western uh, community college one year at utah so Mm. technically he could have uh you know two more but but i think the thought is that he's coming for one
2: okay
1: what no. are you what are you hearing about kofi are you talking to anybody that might have some some information inside information about what he should do what are what do the pro scouts think
7: so you know uh, in
9: in my opinion uh kofi is leaning towards leaving um he's certainly going to you know is going through the process he's waiting for Uh, feedback from the NBA's advisory committee Uh, that should I was told this week that should come back to him in the next week or two Um, so that will kind of round out the the informational process that that he is doing and um, you know I I think it'll be a lot of a lot of things that we've known you know he's tremendous underneath but he's his game is is not something that is part of the normal NBA these days. So um, he needs to have an NBA team take a chance on on going with a a center that was more fit for the 1990 NBA than it is today. Um, Can he guard five men in the NBA who who go out to the three-point line? Can he develop uh, into shooting a 15-foot jumper? So the same kind of questions that we've known about for a while. Um, You know, he's just going to have to decide whether he wants to bet on himself. And he certainly got so much better from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, I I think if he returns, he'd be probably a preseason first team All-American with a chance to to really elevate his stock. But he's no matter when he he decides to leave, he's he's always going to have those questions of does your game fit in the modern NBA? So it's just up to him when he wants to decide to, to take that plunge.
1: With all this said about the current roster or potential roster, the staff has to still be out there and working on the 22 class and beyond. What are you hearing about guys maybe in 2022 that uh, would uh, grab the attention of the Illini coaching staff?
9: Sure. So um, I'm actually, at, shortly after I got off the phone with you guys, I'm, I'm headed out to a tournament in Aurora um, to watch A.J. Store, who committed last week. Uh, six, six guard from, uh, originally from Rockford, then Kankakee, uh, he's been out West for the last year and next year, he's going to be going to IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, well-traveled young man, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in person for the first time, uh, in, a, a, as well as, uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, Mean Streets, AAU team is going to be at this event and, and they have a couple kids that Illinois would love to have, uh, AJ, six foot eight, AJ Casey, um, who plays for Whitney young in Chicago and uh, probably the best player in Illinois in the 2022 class. And then uh, also on mean streets, they have a great, they're a loaded uh, 17 under team. They have Jalen Washington, who is a six, nine forward uh, borderline four or five star kid out of Gary, Indiana. Uh, Illinois is, is tracking both those kids heavily. And, and I don't know that either are close to deciding um, but certainly, those two are very high on uh, the list of, of of the Illini staff.
2: You know, uh, Jeff, it looks like uh, Underwood has is going still going strong after freshman, even though he talks about the fact that, you know, it's it's a new world and 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 the transfer portal is going to determine a lot of championships in the future. But mm-hmm. it does look like uh, you know, with Store coming in and with the with the decisions that are being made along the way here, that. Uh, that, uh, Illinois still is going to stay with the bringing, bringing the fresh, developing the freshmen. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think
9: so. And I I don't think you can give up on that. You know, I I think uh, while while delving into the portal is is really important in the in the modern college basketball world, and and it's great to add guys who have experience in the college game, and, and you kind of know what you're getting. But I still think it's it's important to to recruit the 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 old school way I guess of of going after high school kids and um, you know making those relationships with high school coaches and AAU coaches and and just you know it used to be a a world where we knew the x y and z kid from the state of Illinois were high on the Illini staff's list but now they're you know all the way to Puerto Rico and Europe and and they're recruiting all over the place but but I do think that the top couple kids in the area uh, still should be targeted, and and I think they still will be. Yeah, I I don't see that changing.
1: Are you a fan of the NCAA rule to allow a one-time no sit-out transfer policy?
9: Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a smart thing to do for just this year. After what everyone's been through and uh, this the the crazy COVID year that no one could have expected, uh, the the toll that has taken on everyone and and certainly the student athletes as well. They've, I think that maybe fans don't think about that much, but these kids went through a lot in the last year to in their little bubbles and not seeing fellow students. And uh, you know, they, they went through a a whole bunch. So yes, I I am in favor of uh, the one time transfer without a sit out rule and, um, and then maybe uh, adjust from there and see how that works.
1: There's another kid um, who has verbaled to Illinois in the 2022 class out of the state of Indiana, Reggie Bass. I don't know if you've seen him or not.
9: I have not seen him in person. I, I've seen video, um, and and I like what I see a lot. Uh, six foot five, left-handed, looks looks to be a real good shooter and uh, athletic, uh, able to finish, you know, at the basket on the break. Um, he he's. Uh, He's also one of the falls into the category of shooters and length. So you, you you talk about the three high school kids that signed this week, or I guess Goody signed in the fall, but um, the three that they're adding from high school, then AJ Store and Reggie Bass, shooters and length. So um, I think Bass falls into that category just like the others, and and I like what uh, what I've seen from him. I, I think that. Uh, For as well as the team did this year, I think they don't want to have six foot three, four men anymore. You know, uh, Demonte Williams did a hell of a job uh, and and yeoman's work going up against bigger players. But I think they want to have legit size at all five positions now where they're not forced into that awkward uh, six foot three guy guarding in the post
1: anymore. All right, Jeff, good to visit with you. I uh, look forward to meeting you in person, and uh, thanks for taking time, and good luck on your new uh, endeavor with uh, Doug Bouchon and the guys at Rivals.com.
9: Thank you very much. Uh, Enjoy talking to, to you both. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Day. You uh, too. Basketball yep.
2: never stops. <laughs> it just keeps going. No kidding. <laughs> Thank, yeah,
1: thanks again. Jeff Carson with uh, Orange and Blue News, Rivals.com, Illinois.Rivals.com, is how you can catch up with what uh, they're working on for basketball and football as well. 1018, we've got an open line if you'd like to, uh, to get in or if you've been trying to get in. Now would be the time. We'll take our quick time out and be back after this. 1020, this is a Saturday sports talk. And if you've been thinking about replacing uh, the windows or doors... At your home, how about a trip to the Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign? Mike Mary and the folks at uh, the Pella Window Store have been around for a long time, assisting homeowners and businesses. They do things the right way. There are a lot of things to consider, as you might know if you've done this, but uh, certainly a lot of things to consider when replacing windows or doors, things like security, comfort, convenience. Well, the Pella Window Store has many examples on the showroom floor in several styles and price range, entry doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, storm doors, of course, casement windows, double and single hung windows, sliding windows, and much more. You'll find them at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive. Check out the website, too, if you'd like, at PellaOfChampagne.com. Their store hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. If you can't get in during that time, they would make an appointment and, uh, Have you come in on Saturday by appointment. So check them out. 10-01 North Country Fair Drive, the Pillow Window Store in Champaign. Phone line open, 217-356-9397. We've talked about a lot of stuff. The spring football game coming up Monday night over at Memorial Stadium. If you have a ticket, congratulations. You would be uh, one of about 7,500 fans who will be allowed in. That game will be televised on uh, BTN which has a couple of games scheduled today. I know Ohio State's game is at uh, noon, their time. I see where they're going to have about 20,000 people in Ohio State. Did you State see where that.
2: Nebraska's going to try to have 50? I saw that. 50,000. That doesn't sound like spacing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the place seats 90, but it's still, that's a lot of people. In that's
1: there. a lot of people for a spring game even in normal times.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, those people don't give up. I just I keep going back to the fact that you know, that in the 1990s they were really good, really, 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 really good, and they haven't gotten over that. They think they can be that good again. And I just checked a much too early preseason, you know, uh, ratings of the teams in the Big Ten, and they're rated down with Illinois at, at, toward the bottom of the, of the West Division, and Purdue, the three of them. And I just thought. You know the people in, in Nebraska. I don't think they're even aware of that that they're rated so low that they, they, they think that. And and they, what are they two? They they're about twelve games under five hundred over the last four years. Something like eight or twelve. I can't remember, but they're way under five hundred the last four years, and they've had four straight losing seasons. Which um, you know, can we can we extend that through the, at least that first game on on August twenty eighth?
1: I saw a much too early uh, Big Ten football thing as well done by um, USA Today. Mm-hmm. They had Illinois listed first, which meant they were listed last <laughs> because they w- they went descending order.
5: Oh, <laughs> okay. But
1: they had them uh, like 0% to win the Big Ten title. And then the next team was Rutgers. They, they didn't do it by division. They just ranked the 14 Big Ten teams. Okay. And... Just another way to do it, but it is much too early because you don't know what the roster's going to look well, like. That's right. In in Illinois' case, you're not going to
2: and know what they're going to be doing. And as Kent Brown said, I don't know if he said it on the air, but I'll say it for him, when spring practice is over for all these teams, watch the movement. Watch the number of guys that are second teamers one place want to be a first teamer somewhere else. There's going to be a lot of movement.
1: A couple questions on the text line. We'll go with uh, basketball. And Adam Miller, there's still speculation on what he might do. I've heard LSU mentioned. I've heard Kentucky mentioned. Maybe maybe that's somewhere he would like to go. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. And there's some talk that he still may consider coming back. Now, if the news happens this weekend that we think might.
2: Well, we need another left-hander, don't we? <laughs> Everybody. You know, we've got a left-handed plumber, left-handed Fraser, and now left-handed uh, Adam Miller.
1: And... Uh, but Pajimski's a left-hander too coming yeah, next year. Yeah,
2: right. But I don't I don't get any feedback at this point that Miller's coming back. Now that may happen, but I but the other two situations look very fo- uh, positive as far as Plummer and and Fraser are concerned.
1: Well, the, the text question wondered if Miller would go somewhere where he could play point guard and I haven't seen uh, evidence that he would be.
2: No. a very effective no, point guard. No, he's not a point guard. You got you got to uh, Create for the, for the rest of your teammates that point guard that 's what Corbello does, and that 's why he'll be the point guard but uh, what what uh, I see um, what I see underwood doing is lining up some really good shooters around Corbello because he's going he's going to find people that are open and you have to make those shots, and there 's a big difference between a thirty three percent shooter and a forty two percent shooter I mean there's just a big difference.
1: Another question uh, involved Illinois football. We should get Brown about this, but I, I think I, I I might know the answer. What with the new Smith Center over there? The question was Would the new coaching staff consider going back to Camp Rantoul at some point? I think they would consider a lot of things, but I don't know if that would be in the future, especially with the facility they have over here now, where everything I, is right I there. I can't speak to that at all. I, I can't know. either, but I know that he likes practicing in the stadium, mm-hmm. on the turf, where a I lot know. of coaches don't, but well, he
2: absolutely. does. Absolutely. I, I, in fact, the last several coaches we've had all say they want to practice on grass. They right. think it's better for the players. And what we're seeing right now, and I was told this last night, he likes playing in, in the stadium and he likes contact, hard tackling contact. Get the defense to tackle. The defense is the, is the problem with the Illinois football team right now. The defense has been very poor, and tackling has not been a strength because i I shouldn't say because, but they didn't practice tackling under Lovey the way they're tack they're practicing it now Now you run the risk of injuries, obviously if you hit people, you're going to have more injuries, I suppose, but for as far as we know and and he said this, they haven't lost anybody for any extended period as, as yet. Right. This spring.
1: Let's uh, go to the phones, and Marty is with us from Carolina. What do you say, Marty?
8: Hey, Steve. Hey, Lauren. Hope you guys are making it a great day. I was just thinking of you, Lauren, the other day. The first time I ever saw you was at the old cable softball field, and you were sitting on the bench talking with a Foster. I was a little kid that was chasing those – foul balls for a nickel at the time.
2: Oh it's a cable and, okay, yeah, yeah. I played a lot of, I played I basketball and true. softball for Aritus and baseball. I played all three yeah. for Aritus.
8: One of my favorite people. Yeah. Me and My dad played softball for him and a little basketball. We used to play a lot of industrial league teams, et cetera. I remember Slim Myers and yeah. Red Hughes and Gay and yeah, they're some good good guys. Um don't fret too much on the Cardinals. They start they started the season without two starters. And it's a long season this year, not a short one. But they still got to get an outfield bat. But,
1: they need more than one outfield bat. <laughs>
8: well, I think I, I personally think Carson, will, Carson will come around just fine.
1: They but still need, need more, more than, than one, one outfield bat.
8: <laughs> yes, I. Yeah, but are you think you're going to get two? I don't know.
2: Well, I don't I know think. what to think. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to get any. Yeah.
8: Well, I, I think they'll have to. I don't think they'll have a choice. But the, the division is mediocre. And uh, they're going to get some pitching back, and I love the way this Oviedo kid looks. The future looks bright there. That kid looks like a a big time starter, and he pitched for, like one the other day. Yeah, he did. He uh, on the bright. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, on um, on the bright side, also, I like what Brad Underwood is doing a great deal. He's getting length, lots of length, and lots of shooting, which is in today's game the way things are going. And I hope he always keeps, however, a six-one guard that plays really good defense around, because those uh, those short guards give us a lot of trouble. Those short, quick guards in the past. So I'm I'm hoping he's always got one guy around that can guard somebody. Yeah. But uh, I I like what I'm seeing, guys. I like what I'm seeing.
1: Good to hear. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate hearing from you.
8: All right. Take care.
1: You bet. Moving up on 10:30 on the Line I Fellow Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more. We'll keep the phone lines open if you'd like to join us. Stay with us. It is 1032. This is I Fellows Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate and yours truly, Steve Kelly, with you until 11 o'clock. Happy to welcome to the program, Georgie Bishanis-Villey is with us on the phone. How you doing, Georgie?
10: Hey, good morning. How you doing?
1: Good. We get you up this morning?
10: Uh, Not really. I I woke up, let's say, 20 minutes ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you did for us. Uh, We wanted to... To visit with you and talk to you about a few things, and uh, uh, not the least of which is how difficult the past year has been, and how that might have affected your decision to, uh, to perhaps, uh, turn pro. Talk talk us through that a little bit.
10: Um, it was definitely a great year. It's not just one year, you know. I feel like uh, I feel like I had amazing, amazing three years here. Uh, coming here as a freshman, you know, not winning many games, uh, just showcasing my talent, but then also uh, since my freshman year, then sophomore year, and last year, just we're really working really hard towards our goal, which is which was the national title, which was going to achieve, but also goal, win the Big Ten Championship. And for me to be able to come from being a freshman, you know, and winning two games that year, and then this last year, being a Big Ten champion, it was something crazy, and sometimes, you know, you just got to Close one door and open up a new one in life, you know, and see see what's out there for you. What opportunities are out there? And I feel like that was the right moment for you, for me to make that decision. Um, you know, and um, not only for me, but for my whole entire family. Um, we always do, and my family was best for us, for the entire family, not just for you. So uh, that's what that's what helped me to make this decision. I feel like it's time. Um, this feels really right too. And, um, hey, we are Big Ten champs, baby.
1: I don't know how much you knew about Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, before you actually got here, but uh, I'm guessing, just uh, from getting to know you a little bit over the last three years, that maybe you found yourself a, a second home here, perhaps, and uh, uh, these three years will probably go down uh, pretty big in your life.
10: Maybe. This is definitely my home, what you mean? I mean, Champagne. I never heard of Champagne before, you know, before... Coach Underwood and Coach O, I started recruiting me and I learned more about University of Illinois three years ago, but now I definitely can say that it's, it is home. You know, I will always say that I will bleed orange and blue, which is no question. You know, I'll definitely come back and visit many, many times. And um, this place is a blessing. As I said in an interview yesterday, you know, um, it has been nothing but, but a blessing for me in so many different ways, so many different opportunities out here that came my way and I feel like i have used it in the right way, and I just love this place. You know, I love this place. I love these people. So uh, this will this will forever be home for me. I feel like. Georgie, this
2: is Lauren. Tell us what are you still taking classes now, and and when would those wind up, and and what what are your plans in terms of going back overseas?
10: Yeah, I will be done with this semester here in a couple of weeks, and then um, I'm in the process right now actually and signing an agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, trying to find the right person who, who will, you know, work best with you, as to say so. So I have actually no idea. I'm kind of going day by day. So once I sign an agent from there, I'll be able to know, okay, I will do this or I will do that. and uh, I'm going to take it from there, but I have no idea right now.
2: Uh, Brad Underwood, I think, mentioned that your mother, that you wanted to help her. Where, where is she? How's the last year gone for her and where is she now?
10: um i love my mom man. shout out my mom <laughs> no it has been uh it has been pretty rough you know she used to um she lives in vienna austria with my brother and she used to work at the hotel and she got really affected by by the coronavirus there's um third lockdown right now in vienna too everything is uh closed and you know it has been it has affected everybody but um my mom is still great. My mom is still smiling, still happy. So um, most importantly, healthy. So, yeah, shout out my mom. I love her. <laughs> and your
2: brother came over and visited you the last season, I remember. that uh, Wasn't that a year ago? And uh, was that two years ago or one year ago when your brother came back over?
10: It was like a uh, year and a half, I would say.
2: Okay. And what's he doing now?
10: Oh, uh, so he's he's doing great actually. I'm so proud of him. He's got a job, you know. Uh, he's got a steady job right now. So in these times, COVID and uh, so many adjustments these days, um, I'm just super proud of him. You know, he's able to help out the family. He got a steady job and shout um, out my brother too. <laughs> uh,
1: what are the um, professional leagues like in that area where your where your family is in Austria?
10: Oh, in Austria. Um, in Austria, I've actually played on the highest level, uh, before, before I came over to play in the Patrick school, I actually had a teammate actually who helped me to get to the United States. I played in the first league in Austria, um, and I had like American teammates. It was, you know, like a pro, a pro league. It's actually really serious, but there's so, so many leagues in, uh, in Europe, you guys couldn't even imagine and. People forget about different opportunities to go and play, you know, in different places like Asia or Middle East, where, you know, there's a lot of opportunity as well. So I feel like whenever the best opportunity comes your way, you got to use that.
2: Well, are those leagues all playing now due to the virus? I mean, have some of those shut down?
10: Uh, Some of those definitely have shut down um, at first, I would say, but at the same time, uh, just like everybody else has worked, you know, through the coronavirus with quarantine and players getting tested and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like most of the league's done that, so they are playing.
1: Visiting with uh, Georgie bishanis we do have the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Are you doing a little T-shirt work with our friends at uh, Game Day Spirit?
10: Everybody go get a T-shirt at Game Day Spirit. <laughs> yes, sir. We came out. You know, um, Game Day guys, you know, reached out to me um here a couple of days ago and they told me what idea they have with the um these different t-shirts and i'm like okay i'm now done with college and stuff like this is still coming my way you know i'm still still Illinois, because i'm still working on my process and opportunity like this came my way you know and i definitely couldn't pass it up to come out with my own shirts and uh actually benefit from it as well for the first time which was you know really amazing it just um it just again shows how much this place has to offer. You know, I've been here for so long for three years and now I'm saying I'm done and even then, you know, guys from game day are coming and hey, let's uh, let's come out with T shirts, you know, let's come out with T shirt, Georgie, and um you can benefit from it, we can benefit from it, and why not to uh to you know, um have a have a line that nation, a little piece of you, they said, you know, with these T shirts. So uh, we came out with that. I'm um, I'm super excited. I'm super happy about it. And yeah, that's that.
2: Well, Josie, let me take you to the highest moments and the lowest moments of this season. Michigan, I thought, was a an incredible victory without uh, I O in that game, and and everybody played so well. How? Just what happened in the Michigan game? What happened in the Loyola game?
10: <laughs> uh, um. Michigan game is, I feel like, something that we was waiting for for for, uh, for some time in the season, you know, because you know, we had to play him before, I think, and we were really trying to play him, and there was discussion. There was this discussion going on, okay, like, who is the Big Ten team? You know, is that Michigan or is that Illinois? Like, only way to prove it, you know, as much as you can look at the numbers, who won more and stuff like that, um, Only only way to find out who is the best team when you play. You know, and I feel like uh, we were really, 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 really hungry going into the game, especially when you know you have a man down as well. just gives you so much more extra motivation. And I feel like we just came out so connected. There was like the whole defense, offense, everything was like one. You know, there was not um, different players on the court running around, five different players. It was literally one machine, to say so, you know, just on defense, just – you know, getting stops and then on offense, just having so much fun. You're like, you like, know, you look at the bench. You have to look at the bench. You know how they were in the Michigan game. It was, it was incredible. So that was that for the Michigan game. But for Loyola game, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Honestly, it was it was heartbreaking. You know, but at the same time, you realize you know basketball is a game, and game is played, and uh, it's always 50-50, You know, it's either win or lose. You know, so. Um, that was not our day at Loyola. Uh, looking back, it's pretty sad, but at the same time, you know, I'm super proud. I'm super proud of this whole team. You know, we came out as Big Ten champions. What we what was really really hard, actually, and what we have worked for for so long since I since my first day here at this campus. So, um, that Loyola game is not something that, to remember, but that Big Ten championship, so, yes, sir.
1: You, uh, Georgie, have talked many times about. Your relationship with Kofi and how that's grown over the years, and the fact that uh, you guys were roommates. uh, And have you had, uh, with with your decision to see what's next, I'm sure you've had conversations with him. How are those conversations gone? You don't have to give me all the insight, but uh, do Uh you guys kind of lean on each other?
10: We definitely do. We definitely do. I mean, we stay at the same apartment with Kofi. Um, and we definitely have, you know, serious conversations about all kinds of stuff and this uh this is just another thing that we discuss and uh obviously I wouldn't tell you guys what is he thinking or what uh what is, you know what is he telling me. Uh obviously I wouldn't tell you guys, but um anytime you know he got a question or I got a question, we just go to each other's room, you know, and uh we talk it out. So um I'm also proud proud of Kofi. Super proud of him. I love him. Shout out Kofi. And, uh, yeah, that's that.
1: You were talking with Kofi there, then that, uh, that interview, the kind of Zoom interview that kind of went viral after the Big Ten tournament, it was an amazing thing for you. And that's what you've uh-huh. got on your T-shirt, isn't it?
5: <laughs> uh,
10: oh, yeah, it is. On one of the T-shirts, uh, it says amazing, 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 and it has, like, my kind of my picture on it. Now that was just a pure moment of, you know, just two brothers enjoying the moment, you know, because... Uh, we talked about that interview quite a lot with the team and with other guys. Um, like they said, they felt the same way, you know, it's just like a pure a moment that, that, you know, that is created just by, you know, just by having fun. Because me and Kofi were literally hugging each other in the locker room, walking towards the interview room the whole time, just like enjoying the moment so much. And then uh, we like, Hey, why not to just have fun and just feel this moment. And, that's uh, how the interview came out. You know, it's pretty pretty crazy.
2: Georgie, uh, uh, as you uh, look back on your career, will you will you always remember the Rutgers game when you were a freshman? Thirty five was it? Thirty five points was it?
10: It was thirty five points. Yes. Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I, I, that I just remember the Rutgers game because. I played so many games, man, so many games. I mean, starting from Maui, Hawaii, that uh, that when I came my freshman year, you know, all the way to, you know, the Big Ten championship game, I wouldn't count the NCAA tournament games, but it has been so, so many games, and I always collect all the memories, so I wouldn't single out a single game like that.
2: Was there any time when you got, where uh, it was particularly difficult when when you were moved from, when Kofi arrived and, and you had to, basically uh, back him up and play the four as well and you had to play two positions not everybody on the team had to do that how difficult was that for you to, to play both
10: um it was pretty challenging but i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i haven't done it before because first of all i mean i played four um at the pro level uh in austria actually and i played four all my life so um but i mean it it didn't really uh, work out. I was saying uh, sophomore year. I mean, there's uh, reasons for it, obviously, but I feel like that's okay. That happened. I like that, and things happen how they're supposed to happen. But um, I mean, it was it was somewhat challenging, but just uh, it wasn't meant to be to work out here. You know, it just uh, wasn't like that. So I just you know I just became a, uh, became his backup.
1: Hey, Georgie, we've always um, appreciated talking to you. actually look forward to talking <laughs> to you. And we, we're sorry we haven't been able to do it in person the last uh, year or so, but we'll miss you. I know uh, the Illini fans will miss you, and we'd like to stay in contact with you and wish you the very best.
10: I will miss you, all you guys, you know. I love Illini, Illini Nation. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys have a wonderful day, wonderful weekend, and ILL, baby. I'll
1: I. I-, and I- Thanks a lot, Georgie. We'll talk to you soon. Georgie Bishanisvili with us as he gets set to uh, move on with what's next in his life. He'll be there Monday night at the football game when the uh, basketball team is honored at halftime. 10.46, back with more and an open line the rest of the way if you'd like to join us. 10.48, we've got 12 minutes of... Open line, the left, if you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Georgie Bishanisvili for spending some time with us, and uh, good luck to him. There was some high school football. If you're uh, following that in the spring, a few scores for you. You can get all the scores in today's News Gazette. Uh, Unity beat Muhammad Seymour 25-19. to PBL over Watsika 14-12. Danville lost to Peoria Notre Dame. 42 to 7. It was Salt Fork 20, Westville 18, Arcola 56, Cerro Gordo, Bement 14, uh, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, 34 to 8 over Oakwood. Maticello beat Olympia 42 to 14. That gets a thumbs up from Mr. Tate. <laughs> Prairie Central over Pontiac forty seven to six. Saint Joe Ogden beat um, Bloomington Central Catholic twenty-two to three. Those are some of the scores again. In the News Gazette today, you can um, get all the scores and check out the uh, reports on those games as well. Baseball today, the Phillies and the Cardinals again, the Braves and the Cubs, and hopefully the White Sox and the Red Sox. Some other college, uh, they had snow problems there in Boston last night, rain and snow, uh, which sounds like it's coming back this way on Tuesday. Is that right? I hadn't looked. Maybe Tuesday afternoon slash evening we could get a uh, wintry mix. So we'll see what goes on with that. Some other basketball news. Tommy Lloyd, the Gonzaga assistant coach, got the Arizona job, which um, I think is a good opportunity for him.
2: Yeah, a close friend of uh, Paul Klee. Mm-hmm. They both went to Gonzaga. I, d- I looked up Gonzaga the other day. Do you know uh, Ben Crosby mm-hmm. put that place on the map? He uh, he left there in 25. He graduated. He, he grew up there in Spokane, and then he came back in 37, and he Gave him a bunch of money and uh, over a million dollars in his in his career. He gave, and, and back in the thirties and forties, that was a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And uh, of course, Bing became a star in in Hollywood and and as a singer. And then came back in thirty seven and and uh, and and had four days there. In which and and the next tri- trip he came back, he he brought Bob Hope and a bunch of other superstars that from. And so he he really put Gonzaga. He made everybody aware of Gonzaga long before few made made him aware of. Did
1: him. he say anything about that? you might want to get some basketball players?
2: <laughs> he was a baseball player and a swimmer. Right, Bing Crosby. Let's go to and the somebody phone. out there is wondering who is Who's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Bing Crosby? Let's
1: go to the phones. Eric
2: is with us. Go ahead, Eric.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. I just wanted to share experience from I went to the Cardinals game on uh, Tuesday night in St. Okay. Louis. That night, they they beat Strasburg up pretty good. But um, I'll say, if you go to the game, bring your wallet with you. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> cheap about the baseball. I mean, there used to be a time when you could go there maybe for, maybe, I don't know, 30 bucks or so and have a good time. And now a fam- I, I couldn't see a family of four going for less than 250 right now. That's Ooh. about the cost you're looking at. I mean, it's it's crazy. But um, I will say one thing about the Cardinals. Uh, Carlos Martinez, I'd say two more starts and he'd be DFA'd. <laughs> he's pitching like he's pitching. I, that guy is just Nah, he's just not any good anymore. You know
2: what? You could have told not him only. that without the starts, couldn't you? <laughs>
7: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I that, mean, that's, that's a, you that, just have to grit your teeth, and
2: grit your teeth and bear it until they finally decide that he's, he doesn't have it anymore.
7: Right. And, and, and the Cubs, I mean, you were talking about that earlier with, uh, with the, I think it was Dave Kaplan who called in That, 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 uh, that offense is just, that's, it's sad to, to watch how bad they are, especially you mentioned Jack Peters. I think he's like one for 12 against lefties or something. So yeah, that's, that's uh that team's got a lot of, lot of things to figure out. And I think at least they get a good haul for Craig Kimbrell, you would think by the uh, trade deadline, he's the one really valuable piece they got there.
1: Well, when you went to the game in St. Louis, at least you picked the, the one they won <laughs> <laughs> and scored. It's not
2: easy to do now.
1: 14 <laughs> runs.
7: Yeah. It was a fun experience though to be able to go back. It's,
1: Almost
7: normal, but, you know, we'll we'll get there eventually,
1: I hope. Good stuff, Eric. Thanks for the call. 10.53 is the time if you'd like to join us. The worst thing I heard this week, as far as ideas go.
2: Okay. Oh,
1: you know what I'm going to say, don't you?
2: You're not going to say six fouls. I am. You, you think that's a bad idea? I think it's a terrible well, idea. Well, that's a, for the first time, you and I got a complete disagreement, don't the, we? Why that's, do you like that? I don't want to see the coaches taking out their player for the fir- for the 10 minutes of the first half. That's strictly it. Three they, fouls in the first half is just what we need.
1: They tried this in the Big East. It was a disaster.
2: Well, how do you know it was a disaster? Somebody that's what told the guys me. in the Big East said.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me, but... That means you know, the fouling and research on this foulings in the last couple of years have gone down, even though it doesn't feel like it in some. Yes, yeah,
2: slightly. Yes.
1: So why add one? Well, they're going to call more fouls.
2: Well, I don't know what they'll call more fouls. Yeah,
1: they will. I don't. And know. besides, I, I like to disagree with you from time to time.
2: I I, I know I know you're uh, smarter than I am. I know you're right. No, but, I'm not but, smart. Uh, but smarter. I but I just I think that that that. Uh, that the six—I f- don't—it I, isn't the six fouls as much as the three fouls in the first half well, well, that I that I support. That way, if you commit two fouls, you can put the guy back in. The worst thing's going to happen is he's going to get a third foul and have to sit down, but he can come back and play the whole second half.
1: Well, how many times do you see a guy with two fouls early get sat down? How many times did you see him foul out?
2: Very seldom. I know. Illinois, Very seldom.
1: Illinois had eight dqs this year they had eight mm-hmm. foul outs mm-hmm. georgie had two
2: it's the time spent two. on the bench in the first half i get that, that. i agree with you on with. that that's all i care I'm about i'm not
1: sure adding another foul is going to affect it that much
2: well you get a lot you, more you, you, you get a lot more playing time and for kofi in the first half of a ball game if he gets two fouls early because the worst thing you put him back in play him until he gets his third then you have to take him well, out But at least you would have a more extended time. And very often after a guy makes two fouls, he might go. The other thing that happens, though, that I want to bring up is that when you take a guy out after he's played five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes in the first half, and you don't play him anymore that half, and you bring him back in to start the second half, how often do you see that guy just never be able to get back in any kind of groove? It happens a lot.
1: Well, then you can make a case, well, don't take him out in the first place. That's right. I would
2: <laughs> I would support that idea, but yeah. the coaches are just almost unanimous. I know that. they are. And somebody's going to call and say, well, I remember when so-and-so came out. Well, of course you do. But 90% of the time, they take the guy out and leave him out.
1: That's like the uh, similar to the question of fouling uh, late in the game with a three-point lead or whatever. Yeah. Some
2: do, some don't. Most per- don't. Percentages are clear on that. Yeah. You should foul, but the thing that worried Cronin for UCLA in that situation was that he was afraid that the guy would foul in the act of shooting. You've got to make sure. You, you know, you can say, well, the guy's at midcourt. Well, if he goes into a shooting action at midcourt and you foul him, that's three free throws.
1: Yeah, what saved him on that when you saw the replay was they didn't get close enough to, to foul him. No,
2: that's uh-huh. right. That's right. The
1: other team did a good job of getting that, that play off. we'll take our final break and back with some final words. Stay with us. (music) A couple of minutes before 11 here on Loud Eye Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. Let's squeeze in one uh, final telephone call. Jeff, go ahead. You're on the air.
8: Good morning, guys. There was a uh, good football game last night at Hicks Field in Tolono. Did you hear much about it?
2: Heard the yeah. score, basically, yeah. Good rally by St. Joe, huh?
8: Uh, no, it was Muhammad and Unity.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Muhammad Unity. I'm sorry, my my fault.
8: Yes, last last night, last week was St. Joe Unity, and that that wasn't a close game. But last night was a close, good game, well played by two good teams that used to play on a regular basis, uh, but haven't in a long time. So. A lot of us looked forward to it, and it was a good game. It didn't sell short.
1: Good deal, Jeff. Hey, sorry I'm out of of time, but uh, appreciate you calling. Thank you very much. Thanks to our guests today, Kent Brown, David Kaplan, Brad Dancer, Jeff Carson from uh, Rivals.com, and Georgie Bashandas, villey The spring football game coming up Monday night at Memorial Stadium. you got baseball and softball in town today and tomorrow as well. So a lot going on, Mr. Tate. Yep,
2: a lot going on.
1: And we'll talk to you soon. Kent Thanks. Brown
2: said practically every team's playing right. <laughs> has been playing, uh, even you know going back to the wrestlers and the winter sports.
1: Thanks to Ed Bond and everybody else on WDWS Champagne, urbana This is Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend.